You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. Oh, he did it! <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. It's legal. Uh... It's legal to do it that. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. I don't like you, bro. <laughs> uh, I, I just wanted to make sure I knew who I was. Uh, knew who I was messing with here. You know, I try uh-huh. to. Uh, Stay within corporate lines, stay within corporate borders, but I see you breaking the rules. No, I'm good to go. We're good to go. How you feeling, man? Chiefs coast to coast. We'll uh, we'll get into it here in a second, but uh, FS1's Mark Gunnels is here. If you're rocking with us on the <laughs> rocking with us on uh, the visuals, the camera version, the video version. How you feeling, FS1's Mark Gunnels? I'm feeling good, man. It's Wednesday. I feel like this week is going by really slow, though. This is a game I'm really excited about. This is the last game of the regular season that I think is going to have this much built-up hype, right? Because you got the Broncos twice. You play the Raiders again. Who else? Houston. Maybe the Seattle game may have a little something there, depending on where Seattle was at at that time. But there's no doubt, you know, considering what happened last year, there's a lot of built-up tension in this one, as we saw on the timeline about 30 minutes ago. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to share the link now. Yeah, I am too. That's why for those that are are rocking with it. I, I thought it was the betting thing. I thought I had gotten you, but uh, <laughs> no, I didn't get you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking up now, and I'm like, we got Christmas trees up already. I mean, Thanksgiving is over. We round in that fourth quarter. It's, it's past fourth quarter. Like we we got a couple minutes burnt into the fourth quarter now. It's only a few weeks left in, in, in 2022 at this point. Yeah, man, it's years. Where's the time gone? I can't believe we're already in week 13. You know, you kind of get excited. You're like, I can't wait to the playoffs. But then at that point, then you're like, wow, pretty soon it's going to be no more coast to coast for a minute. Because- whoa, 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 don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll be on the West Coast closing oh, it down for, for this joke, year. Guy. Just a joke, Pete. Don't take it too seriously, all right? <laughs> I got to pay, pay rent out here in California. That's funny. Mark Gunnels is on the West Coast. Aaron Ladd, I'm here in the Midwest, but I'm from Atlanta originally. That's East Coast. Are you from Atlanta? East Coast you're to Coast. I do like you, right? I play both sides when it's convenient. Like when something's going to work out for me, I'll pick Atlanta. You know, when the Chiefs are balling, I'm a kid from KC. And right now the Chiefs are balling. And we'll talk about that later in episode 34, 35, 34. Here we'll preview uh, Chiefs versus Bengals, an AFC championship game rematch, bet the house, all of those favorite things. We'll, we'll, we'll recap that, or we'll preview that, as well as recap 
the Chiefs' last action against the Rams. A new addition to the Chiefs' running back room. We'll talk how Melvin Gordon impacts what Kansas City wants to do in the run game. The Chiefs being pulled out of prime time. Never thought I'd see the day of that, but we'll talk why. And then, of course, we'll get Mark's picks. He's red hot right now, so you want to stick around for those. Mark Gunnels red hot in Vegas. But let's start off how we start off every episode. And that's thanking y'all, the fans at home, the fans, the audience, the family, whatever we want to call y'all. We love making y'all part of the show. Anytime I'm out and about, people are like, yo, where's Mark? Uh, (laughs) They expect us to be uh, joined at the hip. Uh, Appreciate y'all rocking with us. We got a question. Uh, Leave it in the comment section wherever you're rocking with us. Your voicemails. Check us out on the voicemail line, 816-514-1267. We want to hear what y'all are thinking about these Kansas City Chiefs now 9-2. and Let's jump into our game recap, man. Why not? Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. I think you called this one from from the jump. You're like, this is not going to be competitive. This is not going to be exciting. It damn sure wasn't exciting. I mean, I got there in the third quarter, and I was like, bro, just end this. And it looked like the Chiefs weren't excited to play the game. Yeah, I mean, and to be honest with you, I thought it was going to be a little bit worse than what it was. I had to sweat the the cover there at the end. <laughs> we'll get to that a little bit later. But, <laughs> yeah, it was a little dicey there for a second. But, you know, the game really came down to this. The Chiefs were moving the ball at, pretty much at will. But the red zone, that's where they couldn't punch it in. They had to settle for field goals. And, you know, there may be a little something there as far as, you know, you got a big game next week. You don't want to show too much against the Rams. Keep it a little vanilla. I mean, they did try that trick play, though. How about that one (laughs) at the 10-yard line? I mean, that was like, did you really have to do that right there? That was kind of questionable, to say the least. But, you know, obviously Mahomes had that weird interception in the end zone. As he mentioned in his presser, he always has that one mistake that he has every single game that he wants to eliminate from his uh, game. So that was that one right there. Unfortunately, it happened to be in the red zone. So, yeah, a lot of blown opportunities to make this game even uglier than what it was. But obviously, there was no real threat of the Rams winning this game. I mean, bless the quarterback's heart, uh, Bryce Perkins. I mean, he he really had much. He had no chance at all. The game plan was very, very vanilla. Obviously, Sean McVay had no trust in him airing the ball out at all. I mean, at one point, he had 30 passing yards. I think it was in the third quarter at one point. So, you know, the threat of them not scoring – kept the Chiefs where it was like, okay, we can kind of be a little comfortable offensively because you didn't need to have to score 30, 40 points to win that game. I mean, you only had, you only needed 13, to be honest with you, but they only scored 10. So, yeah, I'm not going to take too much from that game, but, you know, the red zone inefficiency is a problem. And I would imagine against a better opponent, maybe the play calling is a little bit more advantageous for the Chiefs moving forward. Yeah, Chiefs defeat the Rams 26-10 to in that Week 12 matchup. 437 total yards of offense for Kansas City, and it didn't seem like that at some points in time. I even tweeted after the game, felt like they were sleepwalking at some points and still came home with 26 points. Mahomes goes 27 for 42, 320 yards, touchdown, and that interception. Isaiah Pacheco. 22 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Denise Scott is rocking with us here on Facebook. She says she's 
loving Pop Pacheco, and he found the end zone in this one. Also, three sacks for the Chiefs defense in this one. Your first career for Brian Cook and your first full career. You got to add that because he got a half a sack previously. This is George Karloftis. We get the first full one in this one. I wrote down two notes from Chiefs Rams for a major recap. The red zone concerns, which you touched on. Kansas City goes one for six in the money zone in this game. Some weird stuff. A lot more third downs than I was expecting. Usually when KC gets into that money zone, especially when we're talking about not just the 20, but within that 10, when they're like on the five-yard line or something, I don't expect them to even get to third down. They get to third down and then don't convert. They come away with two field goals the first two times. Pacheco was the one time they converted. And like you said, a tougher team, you, you would like to see that conversion rate higher in the red zone. Uh, I don't like to see the cute stuff. If Travis Kelsey's working, if he's doing what he did to Jalen Ramsey to get the 39-yarder, I, I stick with what you got. Stick with what got you there. You know, go over the middle, go to drag, or you know, do the little rub routes, or or do the fade. Like, give me stuff that we've seen work before. And I think it was just a little too cute at some points for Kansas City. And then I wrote state of special teams down. We, we got to talk about this. This is maybe the fourth or the fifth pod in a row that we've mentioned Kansas City's special teams unit being an issue. It's Sky Moore fumbling or muffing, whatever you call it, his third punt this year. I don't want to see him back there anymore, Mark. I, I want to see something else. I know that I know that they had some faith and some hope that he would possibly be the guy that not after doing it in college or after not doing it in college, maybe picking up that skill in the pros. It has failed through 12 weeks, and Andy Reid kind of took that on the chin. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this far too long for my liking. We're in week 13, and we're still discussing Sky Moore returning punts. When he, like you said, he never did that in college. They drafted him in the second round, not to be a punt returner. He's a receiver. So in hindsight, now that we know what we know after what Andy Reid said this week, I'm glad that he muffed that punt on Sunday because at least he did it against a team where you knew – you they weren't going to do anything with it. They weren't going to lose anyway, right? Like, if he did it against, like, the Bills or something like that, I wouldn't probably say this because that game was really never in danger. But if you're going to do it for the last time, let it be that game. And I, apparently that was the final straw, and I'm okay with that. I am I threw a party. I threw a party, Aaron. I was actually about to invite you to my party. That's how excited I was that Sky Moore is not returning punts anymore. I popped some champagne, and – I'm relieved. You're wrong I'm for that. Relieved. I, you're wrong for hey, that. I, it's okay. But you know what? And I know Sky is a competitor, and he wanted to perfect that craft. He took on the challenge, even though he's never done it before, and I understand that. But deep down inside, Sky Moore knows it too. I am not here to return punts. I am here to be a receiver. That is what they drafted him for. That is what he's best at. And I get it in this game because you didn't have Kadarius Tony. You didn't have McCole Hartman. So your options were pretty limited as far as punt returns. But you saw when they brought back, they brought in Justin Watson to do it. He caught the ball very comfortably. Now, I'm not sure if he's going to get you some yards, but at least he's going to catch the ball. I, I can at least feel very confident in that the way he did it. He looked very, very composed. So if those guys are out again this week, we know McCole is going to be out. Kadarius Tony most likely is going to be out. Put Justin Watson back there. I'm okay with that for now. Kendall Turner is rocking with us on YouTube. Has a couple things that I've seen from Chiefs Kingdom on Twitter. Says we need to fire Tobe. Sky Moore is a receiver. 
He's always trying to use everyone. I'm tired of him. Dave, Dave Tobe's not going anywhere. Andy Reid kind of voiced his, uh, voiced his or cast his vote of approval or uh, whatever you're saying, backing his guy to say, you know, Dave Tobe's one of the best in the business. We flubbed up on this one. This was obviously not uh, something that we were hoping to happen. We saw the skill set, thought that it could work. And like you said, through 13 weeks, it hasn't worked. So he's not going to be the guy going forward, whether it's Justin Watson, whether it's Kadarius Tony, it's going to be someone else. These numbers off Twitter, Sky Moore only averaged 6.1 yards in the 14 returns. He did actually catch in comparison. Second year wide receiver Kadarius Tony was 11.6 yards per punt return in 38 games. That was in college. Uh, you like to see him when he gets healthy, get in that mix as well. Um, but the the special teams, and, I, and it's not just the muffed punt, man. I mean, they had a, a fake punt that got pulled off in this game as well to go along with the special team snafu that we saw in Indianapolis. There's been the inconsistencies in the kicking game. Uh, the one, one, one thing, and I know we weren't expecting to lead the first 15 minutes of this podcast with special teams talk, but uh, Tommy Townsend's looked extremely improved and, uh, I think he leads the league in punt average. Somebody check me on that, but he's up there in the top 10 for sure. Um, <clears throat> the special teams has needed work. And once again, I know it didn't bite you in this game, but it reared its ugly head in knowing that at some point it 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 needs to be addressed. And I know it's a lot of young guys. Andy Reid talked about that, you know, young guys playing a factor and the roster being turned over specifically in that unit. But it worries me, man. It, it worries me because now the games start to get more and more important. Well, let me give a little flowers and be fair here. I did make a statement three weeks ago that I need to see two straight clean games for Harrison Bucker. He's gave me two straight clean games. Against the Chargers, made every extra point, every field goal, did the same thing against the Rams this Sunday. So is it fair to say, because we had a big discourse about him and, you know, people were worried. I think we could say he's back now. Do you feel comfortable saying that after two straight clean games, or do you need to see more? Well, he's already said, you know, I'm not going to be 100% this year. So uh, for me, I'm encouraged. But it, 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 all it takes is one miss for the narrative to be completely flipped on its head to be like, all right, he had those two clean games right after Thanksgiving. But, you know, <laughs> in January and February, when you really need him to split the sticks, and give you three points to, to stop momentum or stop the bleeding or whatever, those are the kicks that really matter. This, to me, will be the bigger test, right? Like, this is the game where you could say, oh, we really want this one. This is a team that embarrassed us at home last year. We heard all offseason about them smoking the pack and whatever, whatever. Now Harrison Bucker go out there and give me a give me a tough three. Give me a deep three. Get like Give me one where it's like, I can really feel like you're back games against the chargers. And while they probably, they don't win that chargers game without them. I agree with you. Um, I, I think it's important. Let, let, let's transition to something different. Cause I want to get your take on this. And I thought this was very interesting. Not many people had this approach, but I did think it was one that stood out. It's from our buddy, Sam McDowell in the Kansas city star. And he wrote this in reaction to the chiefs, 26, 10 victory over the Kansas city Rams. And he kind of compared, excuse me, the Kansas city Rams, the Los <laughs> Angeles Rams. My goodness. Wow, we got uh, he, teams now? Stop it. He's basically comparing the philosophies in the front office, right? Like we heard the F them picks from the Rams after they won their Super Bowl and how they went about building that team. And he compared it to how the Chiefs have kind of built their dynasty here in Kansas City. Kansas, The Chiefs 
They secured a 10th straight winning season under Andy Reid with that win over the Rams. So to call it a dynasty in the regular season is no stretch. They've absolutely dominated the regular season under Andy Reid. And Sam McDowell writes this, in flashing neon lights, the Rams supplied a warning of what the future could become if you don't prioritize it. The Rams are a terrible football team and in a terrible way that not even a clean bill of health for quarterback Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup could solve. They're an injury decimated three and eight, but still just three and six in games in which Stafford starts and three and six in games in which Cup starts. Those injuries did not derail a season destined to end where it ended last year. The Rams were bad with them and even worse without them. You're out in LA, so you're our LA correspondent. You got the FS1 shirt on today. What do you what what do you see when you see I mean obviously you see two teams head in the in different directions, but what do you see when you look at how the Rams built their team and their franchise and how the Chiefs have built their their team and their franchise? Yeah, I much would I would much rather have the Chiefs approach because here's the thing here. With the Rams you sold all your draft picks pretty much. You don't have a first-round pick this year, which you really could use based on your season is going. You're, you're hung strong on cap space right now because you got all these stars. You traded for Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, you got Stafford, the quarterback, which is something you needed, so I understand that. You know, you, you got the extension with Cooper Cup. You got Aaron Donald on a big deal. You brought in Bobby Wagner, all these big-time stars, right? But the problem is, those guys are a little older. They're not getting any younger at this point. And as far as building something for years to come, now you're in a weird spot. Whereas the Chiefs, they traded away their most dangerous weapon, Tyreek Hill, and brought in more picks. You saved a lot of cap space. And they still have the chance to win a championship despite that. It's one of those things where you ask yourself this. Would you rather... Let's say there's no guarantee, but let's just say hypothetically, because the Rams did win. If I tell you right now, I guarantee you win one Super Bowl this year, but after that, it's going to be some dark years. Or would you take the approach of, I can't guarantee a Super Bowl, but you'll be in contention for the next five years with a chance to win it. I would rather take that approach with the chance to win it versus the one guaranteed when I could potentially win multiple, especially when I have... Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, you have the luxury of doing that because now you can kind of put more on his plate versus other teams, right? That have like a, a Tua, for example. You have to get a Tyree Kill in there to compete for a championship because Tua, in my opinion, is not a quarterback that's going to uplift the talent around him. The talent around him is going to uplift his play. And we're seeing that this year when you got Waddle paired with Tyree Kill and you bring in Mike McDaniels. With Patrick Mahomes, he uplifts others. And we're seeing that this year. And he's the clear favorite right now to win MVP without Tyreek Hill. I'm a big fan of, of Dan Lebertard, And he always talks about teams and professional sports having to win in the margins. Everybody's competitive. Everybody's talented. All these teams have insane scouting departments. And you can find guys and do this. Everybody's got the money to be able to spend. And everybody's playing with the same salary cap. But in order to have sustained sustained success there we go uh it takes the ability to win in the margins you think about how successful new england was under tom brady obviously it was having the coach right and it was having the quarterback right but it was also the series of little moves that you made in between you know the draft pick the fifth rounder that came in and played 
uh, 15 games for you and started or, you know, the trade that flipped you to get a, an extra conditional draft pick or having guys convert salaries so you can bring different guys in. You know, those small moves and the series of small moves that are made over a year all help you win championships just as much as having a Patrick Mahomes does. And I, I know that sounds crazy, but it, it, it's real. I think about the Tyree Kill move and how that was such a clear that was such a clear example of that, of Kansas City saying, you know what, we're not going to be able to pay him this money over a long period of time and consistently win with having the same roster we would if he was here. So we ship him off and get the picks back. I look at that in comparison to the Rashad Fenton move that happened a few weeks ago. I remember talk, coming on to this pod and saying, hey, man, I mean, this is this is a, a classic Brett Veach move to begin with. They're going to invest in these young guys. These young guys aren't going to be at the same level to where Rashad Fenton is now, probably. But they take their lumps. They learn. They go out there. And then you get the pick back in return. And, and, and uh, it kind of levels out. Like Kansas City has done such a great job at the the little moves, the series of little small moves to invest in your future. It, 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 it has clearly set them up for years and years and years of success. And none of that has to do with 15. I mean, obviously, it has a big part to do with him playing uh, under center. And that's the that's the framework or, or the the glasses that you see all of your moves through the prism in which you see all your moves through is having Mahomes under center. Um, but the philosophy is, you know, the future matters. And McDowell kind of proposed that in this Casey Star article. And I thought it was interesting um, looking at the Rams who were are, were and are still defending Super Bowl champions, not even really be competitive in this game against, against the Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely. And also they have a lot of injuries as well. But that's another thing that's a part of it. You don't have the depth when you're they're really top heavy like that and you go all in. You're yeah. not allowed the opportunity to have quality backups compared to the rest of the league that have a more balanced roster, one through 50, right? But the Rams, one through 22, when they're all healthy, offensive defense, they have one of Great. the best rosters in the league without Absolutely. question. But when you got a Cooper Cup that goes down, you got a Matthew Stafford that goes down. Obviously, they didn't resign OBJ, but he, he probably would have been on the team if he didn't tear his ACL last year and things of that nature. You don't have the resources and the depth to make up for that when you have a very, very top-heavy roster from a salary cap standpoint. A couple things on the – or one last thing on the Rams before I jump into our comments because it's active today. Appreciate y'all rocking with us on YouTube and Facebook. I see a lot of comments in here. Hop in the day. Um, you you knew when, when Sean McVay said we we're leaving a, a locker open for Odell – that 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 told me something right there that, that, that something was up, you know. That's not something that normally happens in the National Football League. Like, if anything, you get cut. Your locker that same day belongs to somebody else. Like, they have your number already on different uniforms. Like, the fact that they were leaving a locker open for Odell, I said, okay, this is there. There's more that meets the eye here, and. They are uh, in, in bad shape. I, I Here's a couple comments I'm scrolling through here. This one made me laugh. Lil Rod says, I want to throw 100 on the Chiefs, and I don't have 100 to lose. Should I do it? <laughs> that's, a Mark, that's a Mark Gunnels exclusive. Stick around. Maybe. Because Mark is perfect his last two weeks. And if anybody's tailing you, man. man. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't supposed to say anything. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Shelly and Richie King chiming in. They say we should have three Super Bowls at this point with Patrick. 
I feel comfortable saying they should have two. I think last year got away from them. I think if you beat the Bengals, I think you win that Super Bowl. I agree with that. Well, we will we will talk about our AFC Championship game rematch later in the show. A couple more points or a couple more grab bag items that happened in the Chiefs Kingdom world here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Episode 34, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Who, who Who's the athlete that's wearing 34, man? Well, not current. Well, actually, currently, Giannis. Uh, it's the Giannis episode. Is there a Chief wearing 34? I should have Googled that. Yeah. Gotta Google that. I should have looked at that one. <laughs> Actually, I think I know who it is, and it might be a perfect segue into our next topic. Is it Melvin Gordon? Is Melvin Gordon? Oh, he is wearing thirty-four, huh? Is Melvin Gordon. Did that on purpose? Wow! <laughs> you? Uh, I did, yo. I'm just too good. I'm, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> Kansas City adding a little depth to the running back room. It is Melvin Gordon coming over. And I believe the phrasing of it was he's it's a practice squad deal with the understanding that he'll come up to the active roster at one point. This tells me a couple things. Um, it tells me the Chiefs are playing the Broncos twice still. And despite how bad Denver still is, there is this thing called gamesmanship that you like to play in the National Football League. It may not necessarily be what we want to know about the Denver Broncos. It could be what do the Denver Broncos know about us and what are they telling other teams around the National Football League. I do not underestimate any sort of gamesmanship that happens in the National Football League. So I think that's part of this move. I also think it, it could be telling us something about CEH's ankle. Uh, for him to be uh, as quickly out of the game, of the Chargers game as he was, as quickly placed on injured reserve as he was, as injured reserve as he was, and now for there to be a veteran, a veteran running back come in and join the mix for Kansas City, I think it spells less and less of a role for CEH as we enter week 13 now. Yeah, I was going to go there. I think that is an underlining thing, right? Because obviously he's on an IR right now, but that injury, it's nothing to play with, man. And I'm not totally convinced he's going to be back after the four weeks. So I do believe that is insurance there. How about we saw Rojo sighting uh, this past Sunday? That was pretty cool to see, right? But I also believe even for this week, you may see Gordon suit up because McKinnon didn't practice today. He has a hamstring strain, I believe. And you don't know, that's kind of a tricky injury. So don't be surprised because I don't see them just suiting up two running backs with Rojo and Pacheco. So you may see Gordon just as soon as this Sunday. But as far as big picture wise, I understand the fumbling problem that he's had. I think that's more mental than anything. I think when you get released from the Broncos, you're kind of sitting in a dark room. You know, well, I guess he was actually happy because he was on Twitter <laughs> actually at a party. So he probably wasn't in a dark room. He was actually probably popping bottles somewhere on his way out of Denver, Colorado. But when you get that phone call from your agent, the Chiefs are interested, you kind of get a jolt of energy. I think, you know, going from the Broncos to the Chiefs, that, that's a that's reinvigorating yeah. yeah it's like a, a sign of breath air like oh my gosh i went from the gutter to now i'm in beverly hills so I, I do think there is something to that there and you know he's a guy that despite the fumble issues he's had had a couple flashes this year and one thing that i think is really really undersold on his game at this point in his career he's really good in pass pro He's a guy that you could put out there on third down and trust that he's going to protect 15. And he is really good out the backfield as a receiver. So those are two things that I think could 
bode well for the Chiefs if they were to move to use him later in the season. But this running back room is very, very heavy right now. I think there's only two guys that we feel confident in that are going to be there every single week, and that's Pacheco and McKinnon. After that, I think it's a complete toss-up. You mentioned pass, bro. That's the area of, of the game that we've seen Isaiah Pacheco, I wouldn't say struggle in the most, but maybe as a rookie, taking him the most time to get his footing in, especially I think back to that Derwin James play in SoFi a few weeks ago. To me, with the CH injury and McKinnon and, and now bringing Melvin Gordon in, the, the pecking order in this running back room is as clear as it's been this entire year. Isaiah Pacheco is your number one. He gets 22 carries last week for 69 yards. I believe that's the most for a, a Chiefs running back this year. Um, he's your one. McKinnon, when he is healthy, if he's not practicing on Wednesdays, whatever, he's your change of pace guy. He's your two because he's been there. He, I mean, he's been there. Uh, of all the guys who's been, who are there, he, he's the one that's been there the longest and went through camp and whatever the veteran presence. And then the pecking order is who is, is natural from there. Ronald Jones moved up from the practice squad to the active 53 man roster. He'll be there as long as CEH needs to be on injured reserve. And until that works itself out and then Melvin Gordon will come up in spells. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Melvin Gordon was um, uh, inactive or, or, or didn't play until then until it necessarily needed to be, he's going to be behind glass and kind of just a break glass of emergency type of guy. But for a unit that's been for a unit that's been as murky as it has been, and we've been guessing and, and trying to play games and figure out who's this and who's that and what does this mean? Now it's as clear as day uh, who's getting what and what what's going to be happening when. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only question mark, as you pretty much alluded to, is who's that third guy? I think right now, as you mentioned, it has to be Ronald Jones by default, but he has to be thinking. Damn, as soon as I finally get in the game, they signed <laughs> Melvin Gordon. Like, he has to be thinking, right? Like, am I just not good anymore? <laughs> they keep they bringing in another running back. So, if you're him, he has to be thinking that, right? Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another guy who's probably thinking, am I just not good enough anymore? Broncos quarterback, Russell Wilson. Let's he ride. was he was supposed to be on the billfold opposite QB1 quarterback Patrick Mahomes for Sunday night football in week 14. That game has since been, been flexed out. We heard rumblings of this for a while. 
Um, I, I obviously am a company man, KSHB 41, the NBC station here in Kansas City. So I was crossing my fingers. I mean, I want the Chiefs on our air. As I'm greedy. You know, I want them to play on 41 every week. But this one, it didn't really – it, it, did it really deserve primetime billing, honestly? No, but <laughs> – Mahomes, <laughs> but that just shows how bad the Broncos are, right? Because it must it had to take something so dramatic for them to take off Patrick Mahomes on primetime. And it had to be that the Broncos are the worst offense in the league. They only average 14 points a game. And it's crazy because they have the number one defense in the league. If they were just a competent average, uh, just competent. They would be right there with the Chiefs in the AFC West battle right now because their defense is that good. But their offense on the flip side is just that bad. It's ugly, man. It really is. It's really sad. So the Chiefs moves out of prime time. It is Dolphins Chargers, I believe, in that slot now. So yeah. Mark, Mark Gunnels wins either way. I mean, legitimately, <laughs> Broncos country. Let's hide. Let's hide. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not only is uh, are the Broncos one of Patrick Mahomes' sons, but he also welcomes another son into the world this week. It's Patrick LaVon Bronze Mahomes III coming in at 7 pounds, 8 ounces, announced Monday on social media. Uh, it was cool to see, man. We knew we knew it was going to be uh, – we knew number two was on the way for a while. He and Brittany had been teasing uh, two for a while. I saw some rumblings on the Twitter streets that she was in labor while the Rams game was going on. She had to step on to Twitter to dispel the room. I mean, it was, it was a mess. News travels fast around KC. And then uh, Monday we get the news. Cool to see. Congratulations to Patrick Mahomes and Brittany and uh, the kingdom. It, I wrote today on Arrowhead pride. I don't know when it's going to get published, but you can never have enough Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and the chiefs add another. Well, yeah, he'll be the next Chiefs quarterback in 20 years when Patrick Mahomes the <laughs> second is done calling it uh calling it a quit. So yeah, man, it's good to know that you have your next quarterback in line already. Um, can we talk about your tweet or is that off limits? No, go ahead. I knew you I knew you were gonna bring it up. Lord of mercy. Here we go. What, what okay? I don't know what you said verbatim. I just know you mentioned Lee Summit and independence and the comparisons. <laughs> And I, I was like, that's kind of off, Aaron, because it kind of seems like you were hinting that Independence was like this nice place, like Lee Summit is, like the suburbs. Independence is really grimy, actually, Aaron. And when I saw that tweet, that confirmed to me. And I was going to quote tweet it, but you know what? I'm a good friend. I'm not like you. You quote tweet me to bring the people at me. I could have done that so easily and had you ratioed, but I literally said to myself, you know what? He's already getting it bad enough. I'm not going to add to it. But that tweet right there showed me and proved that why you can never say you're a kid from Kansas City because you were so off base with that, man. It was funny. I had people texting me about it like, what is Aaron talking about? <laughs> I should have said Raytown. And I meant no offense to anyone. It was a, it was a bad joke. I, I, I shouldn't have got it off. Everybody was like, why wow, you're hating on bronze already? Uh, I, I love bronze. I thought it was hilarious. It brings me back to my umpiring days. I was a, a youth baseball umpire in college. I didn't know that about you. That's okay. Yeah, I was a youth in Columbia, Missouri area. So we'd have a bunch of like travel teams come by, come down from from you know KC area or whatever. All their walk up songs were, 
you know, uh, Casey Mo Anthem or something Tech Nine related. And their names were all something similar to the to Patrick Mahomes the third. It was a bunch of Turners, Tuckers, uh, Brady's, and Bronzes. So you know, I I fired off the tweet and it, it didn't land as as eloquently as I thought it I thought it would have. But uh, you know, shoot or shoot, I got back right back up there, fired up a couple more, and kept got back on D. Yeah, it's all good, man. You know, players mess up sometimes. It's all good. That's like my one bad tweet to your 30 for this season, I guess. Oh, stop that. Don't, don't <laughs> let me dig up some tweets now. I'll find something. <laughs> Let's get to our game preview, man. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Salute our guy Kramer Sandstone stepping in. Serta's on the IR temporarily, so Kramer steps right in. No problem. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. Chiefs Coast to Coast. We're previewing Chiefs Bengals. It's the 9-2 Chiefs facing like off against the 7-4 Bengals. 325 kick. I even got the weather in here, man. Mostly cloudy. High of 42 with a low of 27. Chiefs are favored by 2.5. And it's two teams on winning streaks, Mark Gunnels. Cincinnati's won their last three in a row. And Kansas City have won their last five in a row. One last thing before I toss it over to you. And we got a couple sound bites in here, too. But I think it's interesting. You, are, you always talk about the Chiefs being the perfect elixir for players who are on the training table. You know, Mr. Miyagi, he goes over into his, in his, his suitcase. There's Band-Aids and, you know, a little gauze and a little neosporin. And then he's got a little a, a little Kansas City Chiefs. He pulls it out. He pulls it out of the briefcase, rubs his hands together like this. He puts it on Joe Mixon. He puts it on Jamar Chase. And then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, they're slated to return. It's crazy how that works. Both of them look like they'll come back and play for this one. A lot of layers to peel back from this onion, but when you see this one on the calendar, especially this Sunday, uh, what are what are your early reactions, Mark Gunnell? Yeah, so obviously in this matchup, well, I'm not going to say obviously because people may not know I feel this way, but I have a lot more respect for the Bengals than I did last year. Wow. Um, (laughs) There's going to be no bet the house. I'm just a little uh, sneak peek there before we get into the gambling part of this show. No bet the house bets. But uh, yeah, with that being said, the Bengals are really good. I said basketball. Oh, my gosh. Well, they kind of play like basketball because – Joe Burrow throws up these jump balls and Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. They go up and snatch them, man. They're the best receiving core in the league. So, obviously, it's going to be the toughest challenge for this young DB room, obviously. You know, with Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, and Joshua Williams. It's going to be a tall task going against these guys for sure because they are not scared, especially when they see one-on-one coverage. Joe Burrow has a lot of trust in his guys that they're going to come down with the ball if he just gives them an opportunity. So I'm really curious to see that. I'm curious to see how much Spags plays guys on islands. I'm hoping he doesn't as a Chiefs supporter, but we know Spags sometimes can get a little arrogant and bring the house, play cover zero, leave his guys on the island like we saw before halftime against Buffalo, right? When you had, well, I think it was Gabe Davis or Stefan Diggs got that touchdown right before half. When you could have just played soft coverage and just played to the field goal. But no, he got greedy, wanted to get a sack, push him out of field goal range, and it burnt you. 
I don't think you should do that in this matchup, especially when you have three legit receivers who could be ones and twos on pretty much every single team in the league. So curious to see that. And also going back to the playoff game, I know Chris Jones has been itching at the bit all summer because he had those missed sacks on Joe Burrow. He already has as many sacks as he did all of last season. He's been a guy playing on a mission. I think he should be in DPOY consideration. I got him third right now behind Micah Parsons and Matthew Judon, but he should definitely be in the conversation. But bringing Joe Burrow down in this game will be crucial. You know, making them punt the ball, getting off the field on third and long, those are going to be the key things. And obviously, red zone efficiency. You can't kick field goals against this Bengals team. Going to have to punch it in and get six. Kendall Turner's rocking with us on YouTube. They say, yo, we about to beat them like they stole something. They couldn't win a Super Bowl. And Burrow showed up in that coat like he was going to win a Super Bowl and lost. They too cocky. 45 to 24 Chiefs. I say Pacheco's getting 150 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Wow. 80 yards receiving and a touchdown wow. through the air. I thought My you were God. a Chiefs fan. Kendall Turner is a really big Chiefs fan. <laughs> I do want to focus a little bit more on last year before previewing this year's game because you touched on it in the opening. You said, I got more respect for this Bengals team this time around. They got two guys on the outside who could be number one wide receivers on any team. Joe Burrow is a top-tier quarterback, which he's kind of shown us this year after a sloppy start to the season in week one. Um, and I wonder if the motivational impact gets you through all four quarters. It, to me, the motivational impact – you know, that that's something that works in an offseason workout. That's something that works when, you know, you're in pregame warm-ups or maybe the first quarter, first drive type thing. Uh, but when you have a team as talented as the Cincinnati Bengals is, you're going to need to execute. Uh, the, it, it comes down to execution. Um, and point blank, Kansas City didn't execute in the second half last year. They were the better team through three quarters um, and, and still ended up losing the game somehow the players touched on this today the motivation the motivational impact of the game let's start with Andy Reid's bite because he kind of sums up the mood of the locker room he was asked hey how often do you all look at this game and when you do look at this game what do you think about it or what are some of the long-term lessons you take home I, I missed a sack um uh Bolton said he had three inter two interceptions that he dropped um uh, I I look in the mirror and I go uh there are some calls I would have liked to have had back. I mean, so everybody has that. As long as they're willing to admit it, you have a chance to get better. And that's kind of the thing you try to do. Thought it was open and honest from, from Big Red right there. He feels like he could have done better. Patrick Mahomes could feels like he could have done something better. Chris Jones missed the sacks. He feel like he could have done something better. Ultimately, it, this is emblematic of Kansas City's culture. There's no finger pointing. There's no nothing. Nobody played their best in that second half. And though they were the superior team, as we've said, right after that game immediately on this platform, and we're saying again before they match up here again in week 13, that they're the better team this time, um, not always the best team wins. All it takes is, is a collection of mistakes, and it seems like they're pooling together on, hey, we're going to use that as motivation to, to execute better. Yeah, in games like this, it's all about situational football. It's what it comes down to. And I think that's what Andy Reid was alluding to when he said he could have done better. In the second half of that Bengals game, the Cincinnati was dropping eight guys in coverage. 
and the Chiefs stopped running the football. Makes no sense at all. They were averaging five, six yards a pop, totally went away from the running game. They asked Patrick Mahomes to play hero ball, and they didn't get the job done. You have a turnover here, momentum shifts, the crowd gets a little out of it. They start sitting on their hands, and you can feel it. You were there. I'm sure you could feel it inside of Arrowhead, especially when Mahomes had that interception. That's kind of when the game turned, and they got the touchdown, and they tied it up on the two-point conversion. At that point, you were like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. And it's all because they didn't run the ball. You run the ball, you get them out of that eight drop, you force a couple guys to come up, then it opens up things down the field. I think the Chiefs got a little too arrogant, got a little too cocky there, had the lead, thought they could just keep pouring it on through the air, and it came back to bite them. And I think that was the ultimate humble pie that the Chiefs probably ultimately needed moving forward, right? Because now you got a guy like Pacheco who had 22 carries last week. In the last three games, he's had north of 15 carries in each game. So I think he's a guy that they really have trust in. And I know Andy Reid has a reputation of going away from the running game, but when he has a guy that he really, really likes, he's not afraid to keep going to him. And I think we're starting to see that with Pacheco. I think it's coming at the right time going against a team like the Bengals, who I mentioned played just pass coverage and dared you to run and you didn't do it. We talked about Chris Jones kind of using that Miss Joe Burrow sack as motivation. So let's move forward now to Cincinnati this year. Talked about them being a hot team. They won their last three in a row, but really Cincinnati has been hot a little bit longer than that. They've won five of their last six. The wins coming against the Saints, Falcons, Panthers. Not a great division there. And then wins against the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. They're scheduled the rest of the way, and I'll mention this quickly, the toughest in all of the National Football League, and that includes playing the Kansas City Chiefs at home this Sunday. They're a hot team. They're a team that can beat you in a variety of different ways, and more importantly, they're a team that Kansas City not only sees this week, but expects to see again going forward. Here's Patrick Mahomes on the challenge that is the Cincinnati Bengals. Defense, it's a really good entire unit of defense. They're well coached. I have good players at every level, um, and and they've played together now for a, lo a long time. So they do a great job of passing off stuff and zone coverages and man coverages, knowing where the other guy is to help. Um, and so, I mean, they're a well coached unit. We know it's a great challenge for us, um, and we're just gonna go out there and try to execute at a high level. And if it, it'd probably be a lot of tight window throws, and guys are gonna have to make plays, and um, that's what happens when you play a great football team. Is it's gonna be a, a tightly contested game. When Patrick Mahomes says he expects a tightly contested game, you need to listen to him. This one's going to be closer than many people think, Mark. Yeah, I mean, it should be in theory, right? But I will say this. I'm not predicting a blow. I'm not going there. So don't get me on my high horse. But there's been a couple games this year, especially the high marquee games, minus the Chargers, because, you know, division games, just a little different. The Bucks game, that was a blowout. I know the final score said they won by 10, but they really dominated that game. That's I'll give you that one, yeah. The Niners game. They won a the game by, what, 20? So That wasn't I, the marquee game, Mark. Was the Niners wasn't the marquee game? No. They were the top-rated the top defense in the league. That's a marquee game. Come on. People are any game. Well, well uh, I guess the bearing is anytime Patrick Mahomes is playing somebody that's not named Russell Wilson, it's a marquee game. So, I mean, like... But anyway, my point is, though, they also seem to play better on the road. 
I don't know what it is. I think it's more of a us against the world mentality. You know, you have the whole stadium booing you and going against you. At home, you may be a little comfortable. You know, you can hear pa Patrick Mahomes' cadence very clear. I know Aaron Ladd can hear on the sideline very clear. 180, go, go. You can hear all that really clear at home. But on the road, you can't hear all that. You know, you got to use your signals and all that stuff. So I think there's something to that. I think they really embraced that challenge going on the road and just silencing the crowd. So, but with all that being said, I do expect it to be a close game. And the Bengals, like I said, they have my respect. This is a very talented team, not only offensively, but defensively as well. We don't talk about that as much. They got DJ Reader back in the middle. He's a run stuffer. He's a big boy. You got to probably put two guys on him. You got Trey Flowers. They're probably going to put on Kelsey, who did a pretty good job on Kelsey, especially in that championship game. He only had 35 receiving yards. He did have a touchdown in that game, but they neutralized him pretty well in that game. And then you have other guys as well, like their rookie. I like him a lot. The rookie corner, I can't think of his name right now, but he's a really good ball hawk. You like him a lot, huh? Yeah. I, I Oh, Taylor, uh, Taylor Britt. Yeah, Cam, Cam Taylor Britt. K CTR, that's his name. Yeah, I, don't play me. I know his name. But, uh, yeah, man, they have a lot of guys. They fly to the ball. Their philosophy is, though, they're going to give up a lot of yards, but they're going to bend but don't break. When you get in the red zone, that's when they really want to buckle things up, kind of like the Chiefs, right? So the red zone on both sides of this game is going to ultimately decide who wins it. Red zone important. One more pit stop before we go to Vegas with Mark. It is some potential bulletin board material. This this flew in last minute. This flew under the radar. It's from Chief Safety Justin Reed talking in the locker room. We're we record this pod on Wednesdays at six. Love to have you. Uh, here on uh, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. But Justin Reed asked in the locker room about this Cincinnati matchup. Obviously, he didn't play the last time they were around. He's a new addition. This is what he had to say about the matchup. Time, like some of the missed tackles, explosive plays, um, a lot of it's going to come down to making the play on the ball. You know, and they have 88 um, Higby. No, it's not, it's not Higby. It was with the Rams. Um, what's his name? It is Higgins. It's Higgins. Higby and Higgins. Uh -huh. They're going to have him back. He's a very talented receiver, too. More of a finesse type of guy. Um, not the best blocker. Um, I'm going to lock him down. You know, <laughs> straight up. Uh, so, you know, we're going to have to come out of the game, like I said, play our best game and go out and do it. So I want to correct Justin Reed before Mark Gunnels gets the runway here. He was actually talking about Hayden Hurst, Falcons legend. He's come back on Twitter. Yeah, Hayden Hurst is a Falcons legend. I want that but their record to be shown. USC grad as well. That's that's South Carolina, not Southern Cal for you LA folks. <laughs> um, he was talking about Hayden Hurst. Um, it has since kind of clarified his remarks on Twitter, but Jamar Chase jumped in and said, let's put some money on it. Um, even mentioned that it would be light work for him going up against Justin Reed. So there's some smoke already. It's Wednesday. And there's some, some jabs and some bulletin board material. And Mark Gunnels is smiling from ear to ear right now. He just loves it. Yeah, man. This type of stuff gets me giddy, man. I love it. This is what it's all about. This is football, man. It's competitive. And, you know, I don't love Justin Reed doing this. Let me say that, to be honest with you, because he's not going to be the one having to guard Jamar Chase. And Tyler Boyd even commented as well on Twitter also with some emojis. I'm not sure exactly what he meant. but. 
basically he was talking some trash as well. So, you know, a lot of stuff going on here, but he's putting it on a lot of, a lot of heat on those rookie young DBs. Cause now you got Jamar chase fired up. You got Tyler Boyd fired up while Justin Reed's not even got to guard. Neither one of those guys. Now, like you said, he was talking about Hayden Hurst and he probably will see some action on him as well, but it's all fine. I mean, it's football. It's competitive spirit. I'm here for it. At the end of the day, none of this stuff is going to matter beyond the first possession. After that first possession on each side, the game's going to settle in, and it's about execution, like you alluded to earlier. Because if you let your emotions get too much of you, you're going to do things out of character. You're going to get outside of the game plan. And that's when you can start messing things up for your team and being selfish. So, None of this is going to have any bearing on the outcome of the game, but it's fun to see. It's fun for us to talk about. It gives us new material, and you know I'm here for it. Content is king. Doug Mueller chimes in on Facebook, says, Coast to coast, I think this game was circled because of last year. Our defense has improved. Our cornerback play is better with D-line improvement. Adding George. Secondly, Pat will come out firing. All right, we've dissected, we've talked about motivation, we didn't bet our house, so I guess it's time to go to Vegas, right? Place your bets. Oh, there it is! There it is! Two touchdowns! Win by a leaf Let's go to Vegas with Mark. This That's is where you're... Like. I yeah, love this, these are your... This is where you were birthed, right? Like, this game... This moment, this is where your legacy was born. So first of all, have you been telling me? Tell people how hot I've been lately. Give me my flower. <sighs> Mark Gunnels went a perfect 2-0 for the second week in a row. He's 4-0 over the last two weeks, handing out winners on Chiefs Coast to Coast. That makes him 17 of 12 on the year, which, hey, man, I'm eating good off that Christmas tree. Thank you. Thank you, Mark Gunnels. I appreciate you. You're putting gifts under that christmas tree this holiday season and let's hope to keep it the same way this week last week you had two picks under points total total points was 43 the chiefs and the rams combined for 36 points in america's game of the week that's a winner that'll that'll win every day of the week and then the spread 13 and a half i saw 12 and a half i saw 14 doesn't matter chiefs won by 16 and Mark is still smiling here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. So is it two picks this week, three picks? I'm not even going to give you a number of picks because you're so hot. If it ain't broke, don't break it. Mark, what you got for us? So I actually, I do have three this week. There we go. I got three. I'm going back to three. I feel comfortable in that spot now. So let's start off with the player props. I got two player props for you. I'm taking the over on total yards from Mahomes at 345 and a half. Not just passing yards, total yards. I think that's a very sweet number considering he could get that with passing alone. He could throw for 350 in this game. I wouldn't be shocked at all. And when you factor in him probably running for at least maybe 20 to to 25 yards, he's been doing a little bit more running lately. I feel very comfortable at that number at 345 and a half. So I'm taking the over there. I'm taking the over on Travis Kelsey yards, receiving yards at 81 and a half. You know, just the connection with him and Mahomes, they've been balling. I'm not going to ever take the under on Kelsey at this point unless it's just a ridiculous number. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him get north of 90 yards, maybe close to 100 in this one. And on the spread, 
Right now, I got it at Chiefs minus two and a half. I'm taking that. The number is too low for me to just to say money line. I think they at least win by a field goal. I just believe the motivation factor of losing to this team two years in a row. I think they have a better game plan in place this year, especially with Andy Reid saying he learned from his mistakes. I think they're more athletic in the secondary. They're bigger, they're more physical to match up with the receivers. So I think the Chiefs win this game. And at two and a half, I'm going to take that every single time. So those are my three plays. Over on Mahomes, total yards, 345 and a half. Over on Travis Kelsey, receiving yards at 81 and a half. And the Chiefs to cover at minus two and a half. I'm done doubting you, man. I'm I'm done doubting you. These seem like winners to me. He's red hot over the last two weeks. The last two weeks, Mark Gunnels. We might just leave you in Vegas at this point. I mean, we can't even, we might just send you on a one-way flight. You stay down there and don't come back into the Super Bowl. How about that? <laughs> hey, just tell me, man. I'm trying to trying to make you eat too, man. So you can, you know what I'm saying, get more family things for your Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Get some more gifts and things of that nature. So so you don't got to go into your, your company checks. You know what I'm saying? Sandals. Extra money on the side. You know, I'm just Santa Claus, man. I'm handing out gifts, man. Happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas. Santa Gunnels is here. We'll see if he delivers on our next episode of Cheese Coast to Coast. Before we wrap up here, we're checking in with the comment section, a very active comment section today. Shelly and Richie King have been rocking with us for a few pods now. They predict uh, Chiefs defense gets four sacks and a turnover. We've been asking for KC's defense to be more active in the turnover game. And they've delivered back-to-back games with uh, uh, an interception for Nick Bolton. And four sacks is in the realm of possibility. I remember when four sacks last year, four sacks seemed like it was, I mean, you couldn't even, you, you would be happy for two sacks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A very active defense for Kansas City. We have another comment. It's from avanash Miranda. i hope i pronounced that correctly appreciate you rocking with us on youtube they say coast to coast how good is bolton i'm never worried about us scoring it's us defending that concerns me big mahomes game coming to shut that jalen hurts mvp talk up love the show appreciate y'all chiming in a lot of stuff there i'll take the nick bolton part of it and i'll let you take the mvp conversation uh, I was loud and wrong on Nick Bolton. If you follow me on Twitter, I'm a Mizzou guy, obviously, but I was chiming in with everybody who thought he'll be, he'll be too uh, too downhill in a pass-first division and uh, too slow to make the first step, all those things we heard about him. Uh, he's slimmed down since he came out of college. He's embraced the role of being the green dot on defense and getting everybody in the, same, in the right position pre-snap. And then once the play gets going, man, I mean, the violence and physicality, the rally to the ball, the athleticism to make the plays, forced fumble in that in that Chargers game as well. It's not not just about getting there, but what you do when you get there as well. Uh, I mean, Nick Bolton, Andy Reid said after the game that he's having an all pro year and and uh, he didn't say that lightly. Uh, he he means it. Uh, Nick Bolton's been a star for, for the Chiefs defense. Yeah. And so the MVP part of that comment. You know, I know you guys are probably watching these sports talk shows, probably on FS1. Maybe. Wrong side. There we go. <laughs> Maybe on FS1 and you're watching some shows, but you have to understand. We have to create talking points. It's too boring to say Mahomes is going to win MVP because that's the consensus. And If you look at the books, the Vegas books, that's what really matters. He's the clear favorite to win right now. I know Hurts had a good game last week against the, against the Packers, but – 
Mahomes is going to be in a marquee game. I know it's not national televised, but it essentially is, right? That late CBS, Tony Romo, Jim Nance game. The whole country pretty much watches that game. So this is a big game for him to really, I think, put a stamp on the MVP race. Because after this game, the, the rest of the games after this, I mean, he's but probably, I probably be able to stat pad a lot after this one a good episode man we we came back after the 30 minute pod i'm still a little full from thanksgiving and gave you an hour on uh cheese bingles how about that legit hour right here (laughs) mark said i had to earn my check this week i mean jeez yeah i'm sweating man (laughs) cheese coast to coast is out appreciate y'all More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.